Welcome to Healthy, Wealthy, and Grateful with your hosts, Coach Dave, Heather, and James, where we provide you with the tools and entertainment to bring clarity, balance, focus, and butterflies to your everyday life. Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Grateful. We're Coach Dave and Heather Andrews. We've got a new name now, so we're going to call her Pocahontas going forward. And so Pocahontas was just telling me about, about um, the, my new boxes. I got a bunch of lumber from a friend of mine. He was trying to get rid of it, and I, I want to build some more boxes out there. And she's telling me, I'm going to tell you how to build a new, a new garden. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So I have been utilizing on my new beds uh, a technique called the no dig technique, which for anybody who's ever dug in really sucky soil will appreciate this. Uh, here in Pennsylvania, we actually have really beautiful alluvial soil, but in places, the uh, limestone is quite shallow. So your, your shovel will hit it and you will feel it. So on the right side of my house, my lot resembles that. It's very packed. I will not dig in it. Um, and so over the years, I've had traditional topsoil brought in. And our topsoil is quite good here in Pennsylvania. So it's great. It's easy to dig in. I love it. But I've learned a new technique over pandemic from a English gardener named Charles Dowding. It's called the no dig technique. And instead of topsoil, you have compost brought in. Now, in my case, I had two yards of uh, straight mushroom compost brought in. So as we were discussing, James, what you're gonna do on that base layer is you're going to put cardboard and you will create a barrier around the cardboard for you to walk on. So, that, so plant your compost in your bed, cardboard, compost and um, you will plant directly in that compost. You can do it that business day. You don't need to wait. The advantage of the compost is it has everything it needs to feed your plants. The um, advantage is, is that it's so dense that weeds won't grow in it. So your weed mass and your maintenance will be significantly less. So in the spring, you may have some that you'll need to clean up, but compared to a traditional soil bed, it will be minimal. So I've had my compost bed down now for two weeks because I have a seed starting class this weekend. Um, I have a barrier because it's sitting on bare soil. So compost, right? I mean, uh, cardboard right on the bare soil, compost on top of that six inches deep. And then it has a barrier of, of cardboard around it that I have wood chipped. So when you say bare soil, like if there were grass and that kind of stuff there, you're just putting it right over the top of it. You're not, you're not weeding that stuff out. You know, I, I watched a very interesting show on, I watched two very interesting shows on Netflix recently. And one of them had to do with the ocean that was just downright scary. Okay, I can't remember the name of that, but I mean, it was really scary. Okay. And the other one had to do with the soil. It had to do with the topsoil. And what the, the farmers are doing now, rather than digging it, they're taking these machines, they go along and they cut a very fine line through the, right through the weeds and all that kind of stuff. And then they, they seed it and, they, and they, they don't turn it under. 
at all. Correct. So, so that that movie that you're documentary you're referring to is narrated by Woody Harrelson. Yeah. It's called Kiss the Soil, and yeah. I was so happy to see it because it absolutely justifies exactly what I'm talking about, which is whether you're butterfly gardening or whether you're vegetable gardening, don't do monoculture. We know in butterfly gardening that you will have a better result if you plant a smorgasbord of plants versus just one type of plant. So there was a clinical trial recently conducted where they just planted milkweed. Well, that's great, but you're not giving the mommy butterflies anything to eat, nor are you giving any sustenance for the caterpillars once they return into butterflies. So milkweed is their host plant for the caterpillars, but you need to give something for the butterflies to eat. So they actually did better when they mixed those beds with nectar sources. So what we're seeing about our farms is that doing a farm of just one type of crop is not ideal. And what you want to think about instead is putting in plant partners that will help build and feed your soil, but in addition will not um, cause you to dig in the soil as we would traditionally do with a plow and disturb that soil structure. And so this type of bed, this no dig bed meets that criteria. We're not digging in the soil whatsoever. We're not disturbing that seed bed that exists in that soil. But what we are doing is we are feeding the soil with compost. And so um, it, anyway, I'm very impressed with the techniques so far. Obviously, as we go on this journey and we see based on the data that this guy has done over the last eight years, his, his output is significantly higher. Really? Okay. I can't remember the name of that movie on um, the ocean, but if you haven't seen that one yet, you got to go watch that one. All right. I will definitely do it. There's a third technique that I went down to see someone's bed that is doing this technique. It works really well. You mentioned you have berries at your house. So mm -hmm. it works really well with trees. So if you've got fruit trees like I do, it's called the Eden technique and it's just wood chip. That's it. But you need to let those wood chips uh, deteriorate. So older wood chips, like six months old. So if you have trees coming down in your neighborhood and you have a place on your lot, ask the tree guys to dump those wood chips and then just let them sit for six months and then you can use them straight in your garden. But that's all they do. And again, the output of that garden is spectacular. And when I went down to see these beds, they dug the wood chips back and it is soaking wet. You do not have to water. So for people who have water issues, Eden bed. So the, so explain the Eden bed a bit more because I, I mean, uh, you, you know me, I've got a block for them. In fact, I've got two of them. Um, I, 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 as you're explaining this, I'm going, huh? I don't, I, I don't understand. So we have a lot of, well, not a lot, but we have fruit trees at our house. And I want to obviously get more because I love fruit trees. I love oranges. In fact, right now it is the absolute perfect, you know, there's orange blossoms in the air. And like every evening when we turn on our whole house fan, 
that orange blossom comes flowing in and I'm always like, just like, oh, I love that smell. That's fantastic. I want to do more of those and get yeah. more like, you know, oranges, avocados, grapefruits, all those things growing in our yard here. So how would I do um, for the person who has black thumbs, how would I um, grow the best way doing this Eden, you know, thing? Yep. So essentially the, the, the short story is, is that you need to obtain wood chips. Okay. And you need to let them sit. So I would say, you know, this really isn't the right time of year to plant trees. It's getting quite late, especially in your zone, Dave, because it's hot. So I would, I would order those fruit trees for next year. Your supplier will deliver them at the appropriate time for you to plant them, but by then your wood chips will be ready to go. And so if you're going to lay out a new bed, let's say, or a new grove, you would go ahead and if it's on current grass or a weedy area, I would put cardboard down and you smother that at least two weeks in advance. And then you put your wood chips on top of that. So in your case, you could start putting those wood chips directly in that bed you want them to go. And after six months, they're going to start to deteriorate and create that gorgeous soil. And then you plant your trees right into that. So with the trees, though, like you have to, 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 to dig a hole for the actual tree. Yep. Okay, so I dig the hole. So, so I go in and out and I dig the hole. Then I put all these wood chips and cardboard in the hole. Nope. And so it's going to be hard to explain, but essentially you would want to go ahead and start creating that bed now. So let's say that you're going to be creating a an orchard. You would create the size of appropriate for that orchard. In my case, my trees are espaliers, so they're up against a wall. So that whole bed is cardboard, wood chips, and then my trees were delivered. So we did this, you know, in advance, had the chips delivered, had the, had the, had the cardboard delivered. Those, those chips were already, had been sitting, right? So they're deteriorating. David, she goes, she goes, so here you have this layer of, of whatever, and then she yeah. digs through it, so down to, down to here, okay, <laughs> and puts the hole and puts the, it in. I'm like, what? How are you going to put the tree on the, on the cardboard? Like, that just, okay. Yeah, yeah. You, will have to cut, you will have to cut through if you've got existing perennials, existing oh, yeah. shrubs, existing trees. But the goal is, is that those wood chips deteriorate and create the soil that those tree, those plants are going to go in. So some people have wood chips delivered for a year before they start their orchard so that okay. they have a very good base of soil to dig into. And it'll oh, be beautiful, black, gorgeous, wet soil, very much like a forest. So if you go in any forest right now, whether you've had rain or not, you dig the leaves back, that ground is always wet. Right. And that's what you're creating is this Eden-like soil from right. We're going to do that and plant orange trees and everything else in here. It'll be awesome. So I would just call your, your local tree companies and just tell them anytime they've got chips that this is where you want them delivered to and create a compost pile and start uh, composting those chips. Wood chips and compost. Uh, well, it, it'll become compost, right? For your orchard. Okay. Anyway, but that is on YouTube. It's a little, it's not as concise as the uh, Netflix uh, kiss the soil one, but, or kiss the ground one, but I'm just, but 
you'll get the idea once you see it. It's just, he doesn't, he, he shows you, but he doesn't really explain it. <coughs> so um, these people were growing um, all different types of berries, James, because you mentioned that you grow berries. Mm -hmm. Their lot is not big enough for fruit trees, but they were growing all kinds of berries in the Eden, Eden um, bed. And they look- Yeah, so amazing. I have boysenberries, which I literally just this weekend, I just went through and cleaned up and, and put up on the trellises and, and all that kind of stuff. My, yep. my, my arms are all chopped up. But yeah. Yeah, I, I just got those ready to go. And then my blueberries are, are blooming right now. And, and I've got my raspberries didn't go. The plants didn't go, but they're, they've got new sprouts coming up. So they'll continue. The, the plants that I put in kind of died off, but the, the rest of it's coming up. So I'll have, I'll have raspberries going forward. And then uh, I've got lots of strawberries all over the place. And uh, I, like I've been eating my peas. I don't know about David, but I've been eating peas for the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, and uh, that kind of stuff. You know, I did have something interesting happen the other day. Really stupid on my part. I got the hose caught on my lime tree, and I pulled it, and I broke the branch. But it broke like three quarters of the way down. So Tick and I taped it back together. Will it live? <laughs> Probably not. It's it's questionable. You know what I mean. So. Um, if it doesn't, it's okay. I mean, trees can take a pretty hard beating, believe it or not. So, um, if you see that it's tip dying, you may have to prune it back, but that's okay. Yeah. We had a bunch you of can try it. I mean, I, 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 I did the same thing to a rose bush last year and it made it through the season, but it died over the winter, that, that branch. So yeah. fine. <laughs> well, but if it the limes that are on there, then I'll get the fruit off of it, but probably not because they're really small at this point. But it was it was dumb on my part. The point that when I did that, I said, you idiot, you know, you could have just walked up there and pulled it off instead of pulling hard and breaking the branch. We've all been there. So, Frequently. My, my, my overabundance of patience. <laughs> right. Okay. It's, it's good to be a patient gardener. It's not always practical to be a patient gardener right, right. no such thing in a realistic goal just a realistic time frame so i'll get more patient yeah. once i get about 100 i only have 40 years to go only 40 <laughs> years left and you'll be good well that's very that's very cool so the, the kind of like the lasagna method is what you're talking about so now so here's what I was thinking, Heather. I'm going to build these boxes, and I was actually going to build these boxes so that they're slotted. So I'm going to build them, say, you know, three or four feet tall, and then I'm going to slot them, and then I'm going to put in, I don't know if you know what tongue and groove is, but I'm going to put in tongue and groove so that I can continue to build the box up. So I'll start off with a box that, that say, is this thick, and that'll be my garden that first year, and then I'll add six inches to it, and then I'll add on top of it. Is that what you're talking about? You certainly can. And this is one of the things that we're going to actually try um, with one in my seed starting class. We have someone whose husband has a plow and he's really anxious to plow. And I'm like, okay, you plow and we're going to do a, a no dig method. And we're going to put the same things in each bed and see what happens. I already know the answer to the question because this guy has studied this over the last eight years. The it's unequivocal. If you can just use straight compost, but you need to know your source so that you're not putting in potentially chemicals because it depends on what that animal may have eaten. Now in my case, I, mine is mushroom compost. So it's horse manure 
and mushrooms, but I know where the horses live and I know where the, the, the compost came from and it's not going to have, you know, they, they're not feeding their horses things that I don't want in my garden, specifically gypsophate. So, um, you know, so, so this is, this is it. You have your compost delivered, you put it straight in the bed on top of the cardboard. You're not going to be dealing with, it's going to be low weed. It's going to be low maintenance, low water. And I'm excited to see your harvest. Yeah, it's interesting. So that movie actually talked a lot about that and what it, what it was is trapping that carbon inside the soil instead, so, of, instead of releasing it. So we're all concerned about carbon. And I think that, you know, people don't think about this, but when you're digging in the soil, you're releasing carbon. So this is another reason why to be more environmentally conscious in your own yard by not disturbing the soil structure so they didn't really talk about that, but you've got these mycorrhizae fungi that communicate with other plants and are is like a network that's feeding your plants all these good things like nitrogen. So by not digging, you're not disturbing that. You're also not disturbing the seed layer that exists in that soil. So it becomes less maintenance. Okay, all right. So is that to say that you don't weed them? You will weed them, but when you see the weeds, you pull them immediately in that, you know, it becomes a small process, not a giant chore every year. You're going to see that your seed bed, because it's not being disturbed, is not going to do that. Now, you and I were talking offline about the fact that several of your vegetables in the Brassia family, specifically your, your cauliflower, has bolted. And it's because it's too warm, right? Those those types of vegetables really prefer the cold, wet springs that we have here in the east. So you've either A, got to start them earlier, or B, you got to use shade cloth. And he does recommend shade cloth. But what's interesting about compost is it's warmer. And so his harvests are earlier. So I will tell you, I have a bed right now where I've got tulips. It's the same bed. I planted the tulips at the same time but the tulips that are on the front of the bed face my driveway and they get afternoon sun. The tulips in the back of the bed are on, the, the bed is edged by grass and it doesn't get that afternoon sun. Same tulip, same time. The ones up front have, have bloomed two weeks ago. The ones in the back are just now getting ready to bloom. And I got a question about that on my page. It's like, well, what's happening with these plants? Why are some exact same plant coming up now and some of them haven't emerged at all? And it's exactly that is like, I'm like, well, does one of them get shade in the afternoon? And they're like, actually, yes, there's a rock there. It gets shaded. I'm like, well, that's what's happening is even though it's the same plant, the same bed, same soil, it's, in, it's experiencing slightly different environmental condition. So my point to you is, is that, you know, you, you will find because compost is dense and it's warmer that versus a traditional soil bed, it's going to give you a harvest earlier. Okay. Well, that's very interesting stuff. And so you'd ask, well, how can that make you healthy, wealthy, and grateful? And the reality is, is, is what? Or what, what, what makes you healthy, wealthy, and grateful about that? What makes me have a healthy, wealthy, and grateful about gardening? Mm -hmm. 
One is sustainability. I mean, I think if anything, we saw that the food chain broke down yet again recently in Texas when they had that unexpected ice storm. You know, storms happen, okay? And the reality is, is that the food chain could break down again. And so I will be able to walk out my backyard and eat even if the food chain was to completely be destroyed. The second thing is, is that because I can grow more food in a smaller space with these techniques, because I'm not having to work so hard at it, I can provide more food to my community. So any excess food that I have this year will go straight to the food bank. The food bank typically has plenty of canned goods, but they typically don't have fresh produce and fresh meats and eggs. So if you have excess of any of those, share with your food bank. So it, it's, you know, being grateful and that I can do this and I can give back to my community. And then wealthy, I mean, I don't know about you guys in California, but food prices are going up here dramatically. And um, yeah. so if I can grow my own food and if I can start it from seed successfully, specifically, I can actually potentially reduce my cost of living. So um, you know, and it's better for you. I mean, I, I think growing food with your own hands in your own soil that you've picked and you eat literally, my husband is very guilty of walking out there and mowing down all cucumbers that are ripe, but that's the most nutrients you could possibly eat. So nutrient dense food. So it's better for my health. I laugh at people that come to my house and I hand them a handful of peas or a hand them a strawberry and say, well, do we have to wash this? No, no, watch. <laughs> well, I mean, I watch it with my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're growing in organic soil, I think it's probably fine. You know, if as as long as you're you've got tomatoes and things up, and that's not the water's not splashing down and and wetting your fruit. Um, but you know, I mean, my mom always said a little dirt won't hurt. But as a child, uh, across the street, neighbors had four children, and they always had a huge garden. And their grandmother would come and say, well, you kids can't go out and play until you eat Tommy toes. And Tommy toes were cherry tomatoes. So she would force uh -oh. to go in the garden and eat cherry tomatoes. So, I mean, I, I just have grown up as a child, you know, going to strawberry fields and any strawberries you ate in the field, you didn't have to pay for. So yeah, let me tell you a story about that. When we come back, we're healthy, wealthy, and grateful. We're past our 20 minutes. We're Coach Dave, uh, Heather, Andrew, the Butterfly Girl. And thank you very much for coming. Remember to live like you're going to die tomorrow. Plan like you're going to live forever because you just might. Talk thank you for soon. listening to Healthy, Wealthy, and Grateful. Be sure to join our Facebook group. Remember, live like you are going to die tomorrow and plan like you are going to live forever. You just might. And don't forget to stop and smell the flowers along the way.